isn't it just terrible when you get a new job and then you actually realize, oh my gosh, I don't like this. That is terrible. It is super terrible. <laughs> I mean, what if it's like your first job and you're anticipating all these great things after college and high school and all that, and you get there and you realize, oh, this is what I've been waiting for all these years. Or what if you get a new job after leaving the old one? You're like, man, I am glad I'm out of there only to realize, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. I've made a huge mistake. Well, if you've asked yourself that or have worried about asking yourself that question, this show is for you. Hello, everyone. I'm not Karen. And I am Karen. <laughs> and I'm Javier. <laughs> Welcome to GovGeeks Assemble. Level up your nine to five on 95. We are the GovGeeks. We come to you live every Thursday to talk a little bit about getting in and getting ahead in government. And this week we're talking about basically knowing whether or not you're gonna like that new job that you're in or how to make sure that you're gonna like that new job that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Karen, I mean, if you think about like some of the frustrations that people might feel like they built up all of these expectations or even hiring managers. They have these like expectations that the person that they've selected, this is going to be the right person. And then later on, oh, maybe that wasn't the right decision. I mean, that that's a bit of buyer's remorse, I guess you can put it. I guess that's, that's the way you can put it. Yeah. And in the federal government, when you hire on a person, there's a lot of additional challenges. It's not like in the private sector where Easily, it seems, people can be removed from their positions. Yeah, like, have you ever experienced any challenges or have known of any issues where, you know, having a person um, thinking if they're going to be a good fit and whether or not they can stay there? I mean, challenges, anything like that? I mean, not, not selecting somebody and then them not being a good fit. It's more like coming into a position and then maybe there's not a good fit. But other than that. I have not. Yeah. Well, but I know people who have. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, I think we can all say it, maybe a story or two <laughs> that has uh, allowed us to feel a little bit that sense of trepidation. Well, no worries because all of that is completely normal. Uh, I mean, if you feel like the new, new school day butterflies, you're going to the new school, like moving from middle school to high school, and you're like, oh, this is a big place, it's scary, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna find friends, this is gonna be a great environment. You're dealing with a lot of those emotions and a new job as well. But um, yeah, again, how do you know that you're gonna like it there? And how can you help make sure that that works? So we have five strategies to share with you guys to help you make sure as much as possible that you're gonna like the new job that you're in. Uh, okay, well, let's get into it, Karen. So what's the first one? So the first one is to look before you leap. Super smart. Yes. I remember this one from Superman. I have this, this picture in my mind where, you know, Lex Luthor is like yelling at Superman, you know, you need to look before you leap. But that's probably not what we're talking about, right? No. <laughs> so what does it mean, look before you leap? So, I mean, to me, it's essentially saying that before you move on to that next position, make sure you do your due diligence that it's a good move. Exactly. As good as possible. As good as possible. And if it's not, you know, fantastic as possible, well, at least you know for sure that you knew what you were getting into. 
you're able to say, yeah, I recognize that these might be some of the challenges that I would experience, but still it is worth it. Um, but sometimes I think if folks have like an idealized idea in their mind about what the work is gonna be like, where they're gonna go, what it's gonna be like, and then if they show up there and realize that's not the type of work. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could be like, uh, was it in the old Dumbo cartoon when Dumbo's up there and they're trying to get Dumbo to leap off uh -huh. and you know, he's so scared that he just like covers his eyes, oh, uh -huh. right? So luckily that, you know, leap, eventually Dumbo was able to fly and everything, but but still you wanna make sure that you don't cover your eyes and just be like, well, hopefully this will work. I'm just gonna throw myself into this and hopefully everything's gonna turn out just fine. Yeah, yeah, so look before you leave. Understand what you're gonna get yourself into. So some ways to do that, uh, I mean, talk to some of your colleagues that you're gonna be working with, research the agency or the organization to know really what it is that they do. Uh, talk to other people that have had that role or similar role to understand well, what that means. And honestly, have frank and open conversations with the hiring manager once they've made uh, the selection and just say, really, what can I expect? What are the things that I'm going to be working on? How can I best prepare myself to know what I'm getting myself into? And if they are good <laughs> and they're honest, they'll, they'll give you the truth about what it's going to be. So this way you both have good expectations about what both of you are getting into. Right, and you can do this even before you're selected because sometimes once you're selected, you might feel bad about somehow reversing that decision by yeah. accepting the position. Because exactly. then you're, you're stuck into a you know sticky wicket. And so sometimes people feel like, oh, well, how long do I have to stay here before I can leave? Do I need to wait the full year, maybe two years, in order for me then to make it look like on paper I was really doing a good job while I was there? And then you're miserable for those two years? Doesn't really sound too great. So yeah, look before you leap. <laughs> uh, what's the second one? So the second one is to build fulfillment indicators. Wow, yeah, that, that's a great way of putting it. Fulfillment indicators. So one of the things that you can do is to create metrics. What are the things that are really important for you? And then ask yourself, how can I measure them? And then based on the results that you get, you should be able to know, well, heck, this is how fulfilled I should be here. For instance, you know, a lot of people start a new position because they like telework. And if you are there for telework, and all of a sudden you're not getting telework anymore, well, that's a pretty good indicator that you might have some challenges uh, while you're there. Mm -hmm. what or are is it the leave and benefits that you would get from it? Is it time off, flexible work schedules, traveling? Maybe that's something you really enjoy doing and that's why you took the position, but then all of a sudden there's funding cuts and there's no traveling or you really enjoy doing the desk work or you don't enjoy doing the desk work. So there's a lot of fulfillment indicators. Of course, yeah, they're all over the place. And, and if you are having some challenges experiencing whatever the uh, ups and downs of the workplace are, but you know by looking at the fulfillment, fulfillment indicators that things are going well, then you could say, well, you know, I, I did make the right decision and I should be a little bit more fulfilled in what I'm doing because what I said was important to me was the opportunity to do X, Y, and Z. And if you're seeing that that's what you're getting, then, you know, maybe it's not all that bad. Right. And if there were indicators, even in the beginning, 
before you took the position, but you were kind of glossing over them. We're not really taking a hard look at them. Ignoring like the red flags, you mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, like that SNL skit. Remember that bad idea genes <laughs> or just ignoring indicators? Yeah, there's a lot of great skits and all of that. Um, and that I think is like really what the important thing is because sometimes we may feel so locked into where we are and we are so desperate to get what we perceive to be this next great thing that then we are willing to ignore indicators that it's not going to be a good decision. The grass is greener on the other side mm. is, you know, a lot of times what people think, but sometimes we just need to tend to our own yard yeah. and make sure that, you know, that is cultivated and verdant. So, but other times, you know, it is good to jump that fence um, or leap over that fence mm -hmm. as long as you look before you leap and get to that greener pasture. Right. Have those fulfillment indicators to help you know for sure that it's going to be a great decision, a great move. And then once you're there, that if you're still getting the fulfillment that you were looking for, that's great. So what's the third strategy? So the third one is to set expectations early on. Right for yourself and for others around you, absolutely. Like what are the things that you are willing to do and want to do? And what are the things that, you know, are, are hard line issues that you have? And what things do you have control over? And to go into it with a positive attitude rather than going into it already being negative, like, oh, this whole process was horrible, now my first day, and then you're already in a negative headspace. Yeah, you don't want to be spiraling like that for sure. And especially in a new job and a new environment, you're 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 still trying to figure things out a little bit. You know, what are the expectations that my boss has of me? What is it that I have with my peers around me? What are some of the expectations that they have? And if you're able to set up good boundaries, then you're able to say things like, you know, from day one, this has been a priority of mine, or this has been something that I've really cared about or these are the reasons why I was excited to be in this job. And this is why I'm willing to, willing to work on these subjects or these different tasks or topics. All right. We talk about the, the value assessment early on. Right. And I think it's really staying in tune with your values and how it aligns with the organization that you're coming into and to reassess that every so often, you know, as you go through your new position. Yeah. That's always a great thing. Reassessing all of that. Because uh, sometimes what was important for you at the beginning isn't necessarily as important to you now, you know, after experiencing some of the things. And that's great. You know, I mean, we may uh, like Fruit Loops cereal at the very beginning. And then after having that every single day for a year, maybe you're going to like something else instead. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But really, it, it's all up to you and what you care about. So uh, as long as you're able to set expectations for others, for yourself, for the work that you're doing. This way you know for sure what the boundaries are for you and, and for others. So you may not feel like overwhelmed about what the work is or what you care about. Um, and really then that helps you enjoy the work that you're doing because you at least know for sure that this is what you care about, what you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, well, what's the next strategy? So the next one is to know why you're there in the first place. That why did you point. why did you select this job to apply for? Why did you get excited to go for the interview? Why did you accept the job offer? So why are you there? Right. 
Uh, is it the mission? Uh, some individuals, I mean, they're so passionate about the work. Uh, the money is important, of course, but it's not like, you know, getting this new position, there's a huge salary increase and everything. Is it maybe the actions or the activities while you're there? So if you know this, then you could say, well, I went into this wanting this and here I am, I have my opportunity to do it and now I'm getting it more than I've ever had it before. This is something that I should be happy about. Um, at least I know why I'm here and what I'm getting out of this exchange. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were talking about kind of like how it's the honeymoon phase of the new position. Right. So just like with anything else, the honeymoon is called a phase because it's a phase in the career. Yeah. So you want to make sure how do you keep that honeymoon phase alive throughout that good your feeling. Right. So you want to make it, it takes some work on your part, right? your supervisors, and it's a lot of communication. Yes, it is. But again, if you know why you're there and you're, you're happy doing that, then yeah, go for it. And also when you combine this with looking before you leap, you would know what you were getting yourself in there for. And yeah, you know, I, I've, I've worked with a lot of colleagues who had in their mind exactly what they wanted to do when they got there. They were so excited to do the work and to the job and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, they have a lot of it. <laughs> and so there's like all these different meetings, activities, projects and stuff that's going on. And, you know, it's easy to kind of get frustrated about the smaller things that are kind of piling up. But if you take a step back and you think, well, maybe, for example, I, you know, I was here because I wanted to make a difference. And I realized that, yes, I am making a difference. I'm making a big impact and with what I'm doing. Sure, there's all this other stuff over there that I have to contend with, but you know, those are the trade-offs. Mm -hmm. I, I work with those things in order to help me to do the things that I really wanna do and make a difference and make an impact. And that's gotta make people feel even better about their job. Right, and we've talked about different ways to do that. Sometimes it's not in your day-to-day -day responsibilities, mm -hmm. but maybe it's, you know, working in a different organization within your or a different group within your organization like employee programs things like that that you can help out with help out with recruiting so different types of activities that you can do within your organization but it's just not your um, position that you were hired for right so uh, what's the next strategy then i think we're on to number four right Five. Oh, wow. Look at that. We're moving <laughs> along. I love it. Yes. So okay, number five. This one is have an escape plan. That's always an important thing. Right. So almost like when you're going on the first date and you have that that call where you can be like, oh, sorry, I, I, I got to go. Exactly. Got an emergency. That's always an interesting thing. A friend calls you at a certain time and then you could either say, oh, it's OK. And you send it to voicemail or you answer it like, what, really? Oh, my gosh. I'm so go. sorry. I got to go. <laughs> right. Or, you know, I, I like to think of it as a, an exit strategy. So you want to make sure that you are planning for, you know, what is your next step? Yeah. Well, it, it's important to know that you have a way out of this new opportunity that you're in. So what happens if you accept a position, you're all excited about it, the honeymoon phase comes and goes and you feel a little bit more frustrated about the work. Right. Or something changes in the organization Absolutely. and it's just the values align differently, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're, yeah, you just have to, to work with what you have, but it's just not um, being uh, 
a positive work environment for you anymore. Right. Yeah. You, you had the best of intentions, but here you are now. And that's the point where some people feel, again, trapped because either they're stuck there, they have to wait like a year or more in order to feel comfortable applying and leaving the organization. What if you know they're telling all their friends and their family and people are saying, congratulations on this new job, you're gonna do great and everything, and then you're there and you really don't like it and you feel like you're gonna let other people down mm -hmm. and you just definitely don't wanna do that. So if you have an exit strategy, you know that you can move on from this one position to go to another position instead. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not like all, all of your hopes and dreams are tied up in this one thing. And then just to kind of have all of it crashing all around you, that that's, that's, you know, a dire situation to be in. So yeah, if you have the exit strategy, you know, for sure you can walk in and go, huh? Yeah. Not what I was expecting. I'm having some more challenges than I realized. Uh, I'm going to take option B. <laughs> And you go through the back exit door, so you have a way to get out. Right. You always know where the exits are. So exit strategies could be uh, if you have a way to either go back to a previous position that you've held that perhaps might still be vacant, or you could do other like rotations or assignments. If you were being interviewed for multiple positions and you had different job offers, uh, you might be able to go to one of those other positions uh, after, you know, leaving this one, perhaps they'd be able to, you know, welcome you anyways, welcome you back. Uh, other things, if you have enough savings that's left over, so you could decide, you know, I'm able to walk away and I have enough uh, of my bills covered for the next three or six months to give you enough time to transition to uh, another job, you know, things like that. Right. But you want to evaluate the job market because you may have three months of living expenses, but the process to get the new job might take longer. So, you know, you want to make sure to be a little bit smart about, you know, the looking before you leap part. And yeah, that's what that is, that is definitely critical. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, it was like challenging enough to get that one job, not a, let alone like having, you know, three or four jobs that you can just walk into. Those right. could be a, you know, challenging thing as well. Um, but to the degree that you have available to you, think about what your personal exit strategy would be. Uh, there's other things. Uh, I mean, I, I've known uh, clients and colleagues that have been able to make ends meet by either moving back in with a colleague, a family member uh, to help manage some of the bills that they have to deal with in their transition period, things like that. And that's perfectly fine. That That's part of working with your support network to understand, well, what is important to you? What are you willing to sacrifice? And honestly, what are you not? So if, if it's up to you for you to be able to say, you know, um, I'm just, I'm more willing to walk away at this point. Mm -hmm. And you have a strategy to do that, go for it. Nice thoughts to have. This is a very cheerful conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if the world is going down all around you, at least you have an exit strategy. I, I still keep picturing that that image um, of of our dog Clara, where she's surrounded by flames. Not not really surrounded by flames, but A cartoon. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> but you got to figure out how high you're going to get out of there, right? Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, we ourselves are responsible for our own careers. 
it's not like we need to place everything in the hands of others around us. You know, like it's my supervisor's fault that uh, this is a terrible place and everything, and I have no uh, responsibility in this matter. They need to make me happy, sort of a deal. Th those typically don't work all of that well. Yeah, stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> All right, so those are five strategies to help you uh, make sure that you're going to like the new job that you're in. Just as a quick recap, uh, five strategies. What was the first one again? So the first one was to look before you leap. Absolutely. Know what you're getting yourself into. Have the conversations with the right people to know what the job is like, what Do the your expectations. Homework. Do your homework. Definitely. Know what it's going to be like there before you show up and go, oh, my gosh, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> The next one is to build fulfillment indicators. Right. Know how to measure how well you're actually enjoying what you're doing. It may not actually be all that bad, especially if the things that you care about, you're actually getting. Uh, and if you're not getting it, well, then maybe you know for sure why you're feeling that way <laughs> at that point. So, mm -hmm. yes, have those indicators. Right. And set expectations early on. Right. Know what you're willing to endure, what you're not willing to endure, what you care about. Know um, your boundaries. Know your boundaries. Exactly right. Because uh, things have a uh, handle or a habit of spinning off. Like what happens if that one time, you know, you're starting there. Oh, I really want to impress the boss. I'm going to stay here until nine o'clock, even though I got here at seven in the morning and I'm just going to do it. Then that's the expectation. And then it seems like every day you're working 12 hour days when what was important to you at first was I'm going to stick to an eight hour work schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah, changes. Yeah. And then to know why you're there. Know what's why important. Why did you pick that job? Right. And if you feel like you're really getting that, then yeah, that, that's a great way to know for sure that you're enjoying the job that's there. Um, don't get caught up in all of the details and concerns you know that you're making the difference and that's why you were there and you feel that you are making a difference then there you go and finally have an escape plan yes escape escape <laughs> or, an or an exit strategy right uh know if things go sideways you know that there's a plan and a strategy for you to be able to get out um so it's not like you're holding all of your hopes and dreams in that one position and the whole world can come crashing down around you. Have an exit plan and get out of there. Right, and again, you don't wanna go into it negatively being like, oh, I better have an exit strategy, but you wanna be prepared, always be prepared. The first meeting, oh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> of course, but yes, at least be prepared. Okay, so now is the time of the show where we do questions from the Gov Geekdom. This is one of our favorite uh, discussions. So please feel free to come out to thegovgeeks.com. You can go to the Contact Us page to submit any questions that you might have. Also, reach out to us on any form of social media that we're on. So LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, but yeah, just reach out, have a question, and we're happy to answer it here on our show. So, okay, Karen, I think we have one question this week. Uh, what is the question that we yes. have? The one question is, one question. are all government jobs in DC? Such a great question. Yeah, I mean, you would think, because from all the movies and everything that we see, all the government employees are always walking around and whenever like this big important meeting happens, they, they cut to the little scene of DC and there's like the Capitol building. Dark suits, bland, gray suits, walking around. Hardly a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you know, people assume that all of the government jobs are here in D.C., but actually that's it's really not the case. So according to OPM, the Office of Personnel Management, uh, over 83% of the jobs are outside of D.C. This is all still within the United States and outside of D.C., and there's tons of different positions that are available throughout uh, the country. So, I mean, program analysts, bartenders, uh, security officers, dentists, lawyers, lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> any number. Uh, yeah, there's tons of federal employees all over the place. Uh, prisons, you know, that, that's certainly a thing that's out there. So there's a lot of options and a lot of positions who work with the federal government that are outside of D.C., I think in DC, uh, there's roughly like 13% mm -hmm. uh, of the positions are in DC. And the last 2% is uh, outside uh, of the US. So foreign positions, foreign service officers, people who are working on different bases throughout the world. Um, so when you think, yeah, government job, that means I have to move to Washington DC. Not necessarily. Yeah, okay. I, we work with a lot of people like in Georgia, uh, Texas. Texas Alabama, um, absolutely. They're they're spread out all over the place. California, a mm -hmm. um, lot, lot of different opportunities that are out there. So if you're interested in working with the federal government, there's a lot of options available for you. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. That's a cheerful note. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, that wraps up our show this week. Thank you guys so much for uh, taking the time to spend with us and talking a little bit about career advancement. We really hope that our conversations are of value to you. Uh, this week we've been talking about how you can help make sure that you're gonna enjoy that new job. So the job has that new car smell still <laughs> after a little bit of time. Karen, I say this every week and it is my honestly one of my favorite moments, but it's honestly just hearing from you like this, this big moment of zen that you have. And I usually say, no, that's amazing. I appreciate that because I don't want to, you know, speak over you or anything. But honestly, I always really enjoy uh, you bringing it home, one thought or an idea. So, what's your thought? <laughs> My thought is what I always tell people is you are in charge of your own career. Don't let somebody else, something else, make you not enjoy what you signed up for. So if you're not happy. You can always do something about it. Take that moment to reflect, see why you're so frustrated, and then identify what the next steps are. Maybe it's working on yourself within your career to improve your skill sets, or maybe it's moving out to move up. Mm -hmm. It's all within your hands. So just keep a positive attitude, be persistent, and enjoy yourself. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. And of course, thank you for your service. Thank you.